Hi, and welcome to 40 Cray, a podcast by two almost 30-something guys whose adult lives and responsibilities haven't eclipsed their zeal for stupid, nerdy shit. From Warhammer to video games to hockey to dumb, stupid 90s songs, if it's your fandom, we're your tandem. I'm Ben, your co-host, and of course, I'm, as always, joined by the one, the only, antisocial butterfly himself, Tom, Tommy Bones, Bonesaw McGraw. Hello. Yo, I, I just introduced you for like 30 seconds, so all you're going to do is say hello. That's my thing. Yeah, I know. We got a big topic today that you suggested, Tom. What's yes. the topic and why'd you pick it? <clears throat> so we're going to discuss... Uh, the most effective or shocking heel face turns uh, in uh, wrestling history. Uh, and I kind of, well, we normally do like best, but also worst. <laughs> like our format, we kind of end up doing that sometimes, right? So yes, you know, yes. So feel free to, you know, if there's ones like, like a face heel turn that like, didn't work out and you're just like what the fuck were they thinking you know feel free to throw that in too on on the flip side so i interpreted this a little loosely (laughs) and may have not read it closely so i picked like my my favorites but i think i can work the shocking into that and in my case whatever unexpected unexpected yeah yeah as long as we can you know talk about it i think well yeah so what kind of sparked the idea i don't know you stopped watching right i i watch aew sometimes but i don't usually watch wwe yeah. anymore uh so recently uh you know how uh brock lesnar like rarely works yeah uh, and he's got <laughs> a little stupid ponytail <laughs> even when he was the champion you know he, he would show up like maybe work for about a month out of the year yeah, not say anything <laughs> well yeah the saying anything was great you know because they knew that he wasn't good on the mic, so they gave him Paul Heyman. Yeah. And Paul Heyman's probably the best talker Black. in the <laughs> Lesnar. I am the advocate. Um, it, you know, he's probably one of the best talkers yeah. you know, in, in wrestling history. So that was just a perfect pair. Hmm. Um, and then when Brock, you know, sort of took his hiatus, uh, Paul Heyman started working for uh, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, who also which, sucks who also mic. sucks on the mic so that was also you know a good thing but now brock is back brock, he came... brock! he's back <laughs> uh yeah he came back a, a couple of weeks ago uh and you know c- confronted paul Heyman. he's like you know like what the hell uh ended up almost f5ing him uh you know, he's like got a beard now and like a weird ponytail but what but like it was just so weird to me that you know he was he was a heel for so long uh but you know like i don't know i guess he came around at a time that 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 face heel line was like there was some gray area yeah because there were some heels that people love to cheer for I, and i'm going to talk about that a little bit in mind yeah yeah and some faces that you know like john cena and that you, you love to the, hate yeah yeah you would have the dueling let's go cena cena sucks you know going back and forth um so yeah you know he, like even though he was a heel you know I, I've, I've always been a brock lesnar fan um but now it's like seeing him actually like 
getting the crowd over was a little weird. <laughs> so it, did it he actually kinda, talk? Uh, yeah. Uh, huh. I don't remember what he said, but uh, you know, yeah, I guess that's bit. something he's been working on. So, so for our audience, real quick, should we explain for those that may not know what a heel and a face, what those terms refer to? Mm -hmm. So, so in pro wrestling jargon, a heel is a bad guy and a face is a good guy. That's basically it. But that said, yeah. you know, like Tom was saying, sometimes your bad guys, your heels are more interesting, well-developed characters and are really fascinating and really good actors. And sometimes mm -hmm. your faces like John Cena can be kind of annoying. I, I actually like John Cena for the most part, but you know, he's, he's a little bit of a, I was not know, a fan. <laughs> but uh, we're not going to get in that debate right now. But <laughs> one thing that's common, the term a face turn or a heel term is to progress the storyline in wrestling, which by the way, it's it's not real fighting to be clear. So if anyone who thinks it's real, they're, they're real. They're real athletes. They're certainly very uh, fit, and they're good stuntmen yes. that do things that really are painful. Yes, it takes uh, a lot of a lot of skill and, and uh, training. But but they're stunt actors, and they're amazing at it. This is not taking away from what they do. But to be clear, if you pile drive somebody, you would kill them. It's not real. Yes. Yes. So so in the progression of these storylines. A, a, something that can create a lot of momentum is when your good guy does something completely unexpected and becomes a bad guy. That's all the heel turn. And that makes you hate that person so much because you trusted them, you love them, and then they betrayed you. And on the flip side, if you have a, a bad guy who suddenly does something noble and amazing, it can create really powerful feelings of attachment and, and, and uh, appreciation. So it's a really powerful tool to galvanize the story and create momentum. Yes. Drama <clears throat> is a big part. Yeah drama it's it's basically a soap opera for well yeah. for everybody i don't think it's just for dudes i think a lot of i think a lot of women watch it too back in the day it was just for dudes but back in the day <laughs> uh you know the women's division has like grown exponentially you know they're they're just you know they're doing and, a lot of great stuff and in many cases are more entertaining than the men that said apologies yeah. ahead of time i don't have any <laughs> female healer face turns in my list and uh, neither do i but i did consider one which I, which, which I definitely want to hear about. But that said, uh, I think you started last week, so why don't I jump in with my list mm -hmm. uh, to, to give you the space because, you know, the, the guy who goes first always gets KO'd by the guy who goes second. My last number... Lick. Last lick. So, so a couple of these are pretty shocking. This number five was more just something I loved. Okay. And I thought it was really cool at the time. And I should also say secondarily to anyone listening who's a hardcore wrestling fan, undoubtedly... There are better and more shocking heel and face turns out there yeah. that I didn't pick either because I didn't see them, so I didn't get a lot out of it. Okay. Uh, or I just really had a lot of feelings toward the ones I did pick. So it doesn't mean yeah. these are the best. These are just the ones I really enjoyed that I think you know played with my emotions a bit. So my number five was the like roughly 2004 to 2006 period. Uh, if you're not cheating, you're not trying face turn of the Guerreros, Eddie and Chavo Guerrero. Mm. And, and at this time you know eddie and chavo first of all eddie is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time yeah great on the mic super talented <laughs> super influential great heel and he and his i think nephew uh chavo were, yeah. were this were this like tag team uh that would come out and viva la raza would play <laughs> latino uh, heat latino heat which is which is probably probably weird because you know yeah. it's probably taking advantage of a certain culture or cultural, cultural sensitive yeah I, so I, I mean i whatever but 
these guys <laughs> I mean, were wrestling. I, mean, yeah. I know. And we we had a whole episode about cultural <laughs> appropriation and, and just bald faced racism. I don't know. Yeah. But but I'll say as as a guy watching this, they were very funny. Like they would do things in the mm-hmm. match that were hilarious. Like. Mm-hmm you know, really contrived ways to like cheat. And they had shirts that said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And they were just so much better than the good guys they were up against that they became faces. (laughs) Like people were rooting for them and loved them. And the company WWE at the time had to just change and embrace them as, as the good guys because they were so beloved. Right. I love when that happens. (laughs) When the fans, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, push a heel on you and it doesn't work out. The fans just get behind it so much that they have no choice. Um, the other thing I'll just call it, they had a car with hydraulics that they would come out on. which <laughs> yeah. was so funny. So Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace. Travel Guerrero, I know you're still active. I saw you in Lucha Underground. Uh, but man, Eddie was so good. Oh, man, mm-hmm. such a good wrestler. All right, that's my yeah. number five. The, the yeah. accidental Latino heat face turn. <laughs> uh yeah, so like you, I think whenever we do a wrestling one, I, I only include uh, things that I've actually witnessed. Uh, and it, shockingly, my list today is actually in order. <laughs> yeah. In, in order of your favoritism? Yeah. Um, so we'll start with the, my least favorite, I guess. Your, your least favorite of your favorite. Yeah, so okay. of the five I've chosen, okay. uh, we're going to get progressively Tom this is progress right (laughs) we're a real podcast now (laughs) um Lex Luger the 4th of July 1993 uh so before this point Lex Luger was the narcissist right and he would come down to the ring in you know the feathered robe and he'd come down to the ring and there would be a full-length mirror waiting for him and he'd pose in front of the mirror and look at himself and you know, it's just the audience just fucking hated him right yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid but it works right he's like boo <laughs> because he just likes himself um so uh they decided I, I guess vince or you know the wwe decided that they needed a new hulk hogan uh, so they had the super strong blonde guy already uh, in Lex Luger, but he was heel, so they had to turn him. Um, and at the time, Yokozuna was the heavyweight champion, um, six hundred pound. You know, uh, his gimmick was you know he was a Japanese uh, sumo wrestler, but you know he was Samoan. Um, so there was a challenge. Uh, that anyone who could body slam Yokozuna uh, would get a shot at the title, right? The 600-pound dude. Anyone who could pick him up and body slam him. Uh, So on the 4th of July in 1993, aboard the, I think it was the USS... Intrepid. Intrepid, yeah. Um, You know, a bunch of people are coming, trying to pick him up and, you know, hurting their back. They can't do it. A fucking helicopter... (laughs) (laughs) just lands on the deck of the ship lex luger comes out body slams him wearing like red white and blue shorts you know (laughs) like it was just so america over the top like on the fourth of july you know it's just this is how you put someone over in 1993 right uh and you know that that just did it and he was that was it wow 
Lex Luger. He, I, I was trying to look up for a second when he went to WCW because I remember yeah. he, he was in one of the NWOs at some point. But mm-hmm. all right, Lex. Meanwhile, he's named after a German pistol. Yeah. So anyway, all right, Lex Luger becoming an American hero. Yeah, by body slamming. By body slamming Yokozuna. A very large Samoan wrestler. Yeah, he was huge. He was like like over four hundred pounds. I mean, he died yeah. not that long after that. Yeah. I think it was like maybe ninety five or ninety six. Yeah, dude was big, and I think literally every Samoan wrestler is somehow related to him currently. They have a lot of like um, people from like a related kind of family tree. So in like Roman yeah, Reigns, big, The Rock, huge wrestling family, yeah, yeah, and then I think Rikishi and the Usos, they're the his Usos, kids, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, Samoan wrestlers are amazing. My yeah. next pick. So I there were two two kind of big turns. And roughly, roughly like the 97 to 98 era. The one I'm going to pick is because I, I liked it at the time. There was another one that's bigger that I, I assume is probably on your list that I didn't pick. So mm-hmm. the one I am picking is the, the unexpected mankind face turn. Okay. So at, in roughly 97, you know, you had Mick Foley, who's an amazing wrestler. He's, he's just, <laughs> yeah. He takes the bumps. Um, and I saw him live maybe like 10 years ago doing a comedy tour. He, he tours the country supporting, a, actually, it's a rape prevention or, or a, not prevention. It's a, a, a victims of sexual assault hotline. So he's okay. important work. Very great stuff. Thanks to you, Mick. You're a great guy. Mm-hmm. But man, he used to take some serious damage. And that was like, Dude, the thing. man feels no pain. Yeah, it's, it's freaky. It, it, even watching those videos today. But, but back <laughs> then, at some point, he was, he was a character called Cactus Jack. And then, and then he made a uh, he made a, a switch and became mankind yeah which was this weird character who was was kind of like a, a misanthrope like he lived in the boiler room was like very scarred mentally and he wore this strange like leather harness on his face and i think the character pulled was, yeah, he pulled his own hair out <laughs> um he wore like a like a dirty button down with a with a tie yeah. <laughs> But he was just kind of this weird character. I don't think people got it. And then he started doing these promos where he was being interviewed by JR. And for those who know promos, like when they, uh, when they show like video footage between matches that just kind of set up a broader storyline. And he, in these video interviews, he created this character to, to JR, who was a famous Jim Ross, a famous announcer describing this terrible childhood where, you know, he was picked on and then he tried to eat worms to, to be popular and, you know, said something like, no, the girls didn't like me then. Do you want to kiss a mouth like I just ate worms? And it was so weird and so over the top and yet so sympathetic. And you were just like, man, is, is this real? Like, this might be real. And you just <laughs> wanted him to win so bad that suddenly, like, it propelled him to superstardom. And then after that, he had these amazing performances, famously like Hell in a Cell 98, where he, he yep. fell off of like a... a the Undertaker. Th- oh, yeah. It was like a 10-meter, 30-foot cage, broke something, got back up. His, his famously had just so many injuries and just kept going. Uh, um, but I love When The Undertaker, uh, I think, powerbombed him through the top of the cage. And it uh, broke. Into a chair. And when he fell, the chair hit him in the face, broke his tooth. And his tooth ended up stuck in his nose. And so in this famous match, if you haven't ever seen this, even if you're not a wrestling fan, go go YouTube uh, Mankind, yeah. Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. 
so basically this guy it's a 30 foot tall metal cage called the, you know, the cell <laughs> and he got thrown into it and it was supposed to hold him but it, you know safety standards it, it broke yeah. and he fell through it and a metal folding chair fell on top of his face and messed him up so bad like he had a hole in his lip and he was putting his tongue through the hole uh. and it looked insane um <laughs> but but man his his rise I, not a fit guy not a super attractive guy but my god we loved him yeah that's my number four mankind circa 97 98 that's a good one um so not quite so iconic my next one do you remember the right to censor oh the uh was it, <laughs> it like was stevie richard yes 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 I, yes and ivy uh, ivory uh, so <laughs> they were doing this thing, you know, they thought the attitude era was getting too risque. Uh, so they, you know, they would come in, put like a burlap sack over Sable and like shit like that, you know, the right to censor. And they were trying to keep wholesome, you know, family uh, entertainment, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> they healed, obviously they were heels because, you know, who wants that bullshit, right? Uh they ended up recruiting the Godfather, who was, you know, uh, his character was, you know, he was a pimp. You know, he would come down to the ring with hose. And, you How know. did that get into the show? That is so inappropriate. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So they ended up recruiting him and he became the good father. <laughs> and they all wore stupid white shirts with like a black tie. Uh, I think they also got Valvinus. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whose character was that he was a star of an adult film yeah yeah so now he he was a part of the right to censor and, and no that was because it was such a such a 180 from the character you know um it was complete you know opposite of everything that they had been doing up to that point to now and and nobody nobody liked it, it i don't think it, it worked very well I the, the right to censor didn't last terribly long so that was a failed uh, heel turn. Yeah, the good father. I so I remember because in the the video <laughs> games, if you like cycled through the Godfather's outfits, one of them was the good father, mm. but clearly it didn't last because it was like one of the alternate outfits. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the man, the Godfather. <laughs> um, all right, you ready for number three? Were you ever a fan of the Shield? Um. Yeah, they did the thing. Yeah. So, so back in the day, the Shield was a was a, a three team or three man team comprised of Roman Reigns, who would go on to be kind of milk toast, uh, <laughs> Dean Ambrose, who's now in the AEW doing something else, yeah. and Seth Rollins. And in the group, like Roman Reigns was like the kind of quiet, tough guy. <laughs> Dean Ambrose was like the crazy guy who was kind of uh, they would call him the lunatic fringe all the time. Yeah, yeah. But he, he was like the unstable one who would cause fights. And then Seth Rollins was like the smart guy who would like keep them all together. And they wore weird kind of like pseudo military mercenary, yeah. like leather outfits, which were kind of cool, I guess. Like flak jackets? Flag, like, like that kind of stuff, like bulletproof vests and like, you know, basically yeah, black. Yeah. Like, and then I think the gimmick was like there was some kind of like, like almost like mercenary group that would protect people or something. Yeah, I just remember them coming. Uh, through the crowd like yeah they walked through the crowd and came down to the ring yeah hard to believe they broke up in 2014 so that was seven years ago 
according to my research, it feels like, like it was 25 years ago. <laughs> Does it? So, <laughs> but the, so the heel turn here is Seth Rollins, who was like the one that was constantly trying to keep the shield together. The architect. The architect. At some point, they were having a match against like Triple H, who's who's like you know well, always been the symbol of the authority of right, like you know the bad guys and and the guys who control the league. You know the, the stereotypical corporate manager guy. <laughs> And they were beating him up. And then he said, I've always got a plan B. And then Seth Rollins, again, who is the guy who started the shield and, and kept it together, turned on his two friends and beat the bejeebus out of them. Uh, yes. And then he kind of went on to become like the principal heel for a while. And then for a while he was a face. I don't know what he is now. He, he was the champion for a while. Um, the, the whole Monday Night Messiah thing with Rey Mysterio we talked about in an earlier episode. Uh, and, and now Roman Reigns is the champion. You know, they, yeah, they've done they've done good things. <laughs> he's he's fine. He looks the part. I just I don't know. But but so on the Shield thing, I wasn't a big Shield fan. I was kind of getting tired of him at that point. Mm-hmm. But I just there was no warning that this was going to happen, and it was <laughs> it was a really like I hated after that. I was like Seth Rollins, you asshole. <laughs> and I didn't even care before, but then I cared afterwards. So for me, that was a really shocking and effective heel turn. Yeah, that's the whole point. That is my number three. Um, so my number three uh, happened at WrestleMania 17. <laughs> uh, Galvin Stone Cold, Gobbler. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin basically joined Vince McMahon. And, like, and <laughs> what was shocking there because if, if you know Stone Cold Steve Austin, like his entire persona up to that point was anti-Vince McMahon. You know, he, they, they feuded pretty much his entire career. He was the anti-authority. Yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, he, you know he's teaming up with, with Vince and he, he's gone the, the corporate path, I guess. Uh, so that was just a huge, like, you know, mind fuck, you know. <laughs> Well, it's weird because I think The Rock at one point, uh, didn't he, he also did a turn where he was working for McMahon and then he wasn't, and then yeah. he was, there was a lot of like back and forth, I feel like. Yeah. To uh, Attitude Era, yeah, there was, there was a lot of that working for McMahon and, and then turning on him. He was uh, the people's champion and then he was the corporate champion. and. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a good window yeah i remember that too because I, I remember it was kind of like is this real and then he had a really like lame reason he went back to being a face it was just a mm. stupid move like why would you take like, arguably the most popular wrestler of all time like he's up there yeah if not number one definitely top three right yeah definitely and then and then just kind of like turn him on his face like that i don't know all right you ready for another really stupid one at my number two are we at number yes, two sir. okay so yep. we'll, do, we'll do number two, then we'll do some honorable mentions here. So number two, 1991, Sergeant Slaughter becomes an Iraqi sympathizer. Yes. Is that on your list? <laughs> no, but I remember that. So, so Sergeant Slaughter's whole character was he was like a Marine drill sergeant. <laughs> and he was like super America. And then I don't know who caught this up, but in like, oh, I remember why. Because in, in like 91, the WWE hired like Nikolai Volkov or something yeah. and then i think the story was like sergeant slaughter was so mad that hired a russian 
that he joined the Iraqi <laughs> army. This is what he and he wore he wore like one of those like Saudi head head wraps, yeah. and he wore an Iraqi like officer uniform, yeah. and he would go around like carrying an Iraq flag, and then he pledged allegiance to Saddam Hussein, who we were at war with at that point. <laughs> <laughs> was it was just Saddam apologist. it was so over the top and so stupid like it was such a naked thing i think people did hate it and they were booing but they were also booing like this isn't really believable guys yeah although that was the time when you know nationalism just instantly made you face and you know being a foreigner made you a heel right so. well i mean remember rusev was was not the last person to kind of undergo that <laughs> oh he's he's the bad guy because he's like russian or foreign or something yeah they build him as being russian even though he had a bulgarian flag tattoo I, on his I arm. Know. yeah he did <laughs> uh, apparently he's a super cool guy in real life by the way rusev i, I can see that yeah, yeah. He seems and, he, and he actually did muay thai in thailand so he's actually like probably legitimately could kill any of us very easily i was in uh, thailand once yeah, yeah. did you do a muay thai there there was a bar uh, that had a Muay Thai ring like in the middle of the bar that if you got drunk enough, you could go in and, and you know, challenge somebody. Was was Rusev there? I didn't see Rusev. No. Okay, good. Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Sergeant Slaughter turns Saddam Hussein follower. Love it. Fucking dumb, but hilarious. Uh, very just <laughs> nakedly. Uh, oh, let's make this guy a bad guy now. Apparently, Sergeant Slaughter had wanted to be a heel, but then he was like, yeah, I, I couldn't do this one, though. <laughs> like, I just couldn't. It was really <laughs> hard to do. Um, all right, number two, Tom. My number two is uh, WrestleMania 15. Uh, Triple H joins the corporation. Oh, when he left DX? Yeah, he effectively uh, ended the Generation X in order to join Vince McMahon. And that was just so, like... Like as as bad as Stone Cold one was, like DX <laughs> ending so that Triple H can you know be a corporate lackey was just even worse. Like that was their whole thing. But that's his. That's been his thing since then. Yeah, he's he, he's been corporate since uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 15 until today. Uh, but that was because DX was so cool. <laughs> you know, just back in the day, they just they didn't care. They you know pissed on wcw <laughs> they did their own thing uh even if it was derivative because i think it's like uh, nwo basically. nwo had, had come before that but but they were really cool you know they had fun and they didn't care and it was uh, it was Shawn michaels triple h were in this faction china was in this faction yeah uh road dog the original X-Pac three was what yeah. triple h uh Shawn michaels. Shawn michaels in china and then and then Road Dog and X Pac and then didn't um Billy Gunn and Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah. And well, they gave him a shirt, I think. He uh he had a tag match with Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think. I oh yeah. Me- memory's fuzzy there. Oh, and then he apparently he turned on them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, DX was pretty cool. Uh but uh, I will say the, the whole uh, switch to corporate thing clearly has worked out for Triple H. Yeah, I mean, he married the boss's daughter, so. So he kind of had to. <laughs> well, the other thing is his original, the reason he's called Triple H, like his real name was like Paul Levesque. Levesque. 
Oh, is it Levesque? But he, uh, I cannot yeah. pronounce. Okay, well, there you go. But his, his character was Hunter Hurst Helmsley, the Connecticut yeah. Blue Blood. The Blue Blood, yeah. And he would wear, was he would act like really uh, like like snoop, snooty. And I think he wore like yeah. a cravat at points. Yeah, yeah. The pedigree, yeah. So they changed it to H, Triple H uh to try to get people to forget that so clearly like the last guy you would expect to be in a like anti-establishment right um i'm trying to see if i can find a picture oh yeah he he wore like a uh like a hunting jacket like he was on a fox hunt (laughs) yes yes a blue uh velvet jacket and he had like a ribbon in his hair holding his ponytail yeah but the fact that um his heel turn ended degeneration x you know kind of you know the impact that that had that's what made it my number two i think that's that's a good one that is a good i didn't even remember that one um because i just forgot triple h was anything but what he is now <laughs> corporate show he's, he's good i gotta say like for all for all the nonsense as a, a corporate show he's he's really good at his job i think he's probably put more guys over than anyone like i was just thinking about like even evolution you know randy orton and that's right you know just just being associated with triple h you know it puts you over i i I would dare say that he's probably one of the most like his impact is like everyone's like oh undertaker oh steve austin but like triple h was getting getting shit done in the background and making it happen so i'm a big triple h fan um, less when he came out as Shao Kahn in that one WrestleMania, but or uh, the Terminator uh, tie-in they had. <laughs> oh yeah, that was weird too. Yeah. Number one, I, I suspect this is your number one too. Okay, it's not a WWE. Okay. <laughs> hey Tom, who was the biggest WWF? star up until the early 90s would you say hulk hogan i would and then (laughs) you remember when he came back as a bad guy in wcw in 1996 at bash at the beach rocked my world was this your number one (laughs) yeah tell me what happened when this happened this blew my mind Uh, he well before that Right. Um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had already joined. Uh, you know, they were, they did that cool thing where people didn't yet know uh, that they were no longer employed by the WWF. And, you know, <laughs> so they think that, oh, we're getting invaded. But uh, so now, you know, here comes Kevin Nash and, and uh, Scott Hall. I think they had a, a triple threat match. I don't remember. I think, the exact... I think it might have been a three-on-three tag team. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact circumstances of that match, but um, but Hulk Hogan comes down out of nowhere, <laughs> uh, and just joins up with them, and you know decides, hey, <laughs> we're gonna create the NWO, and that was just like I remember because I didn't see it happen because again like in 96 I don't remember where I lived but I probably wasn't allowed to watch wrestling so I used to watch (laughs) it at friends houses Mm -hmm. I think in that year I probably hadn't had any friends yet because I just moved this is sounds sad but it's true (laughs) you know you move it takes you a little while to find somebody who can watch wrestling at their house 
hmm, I should probably talk to some professional about this. Anyway, so, <laughs> but like I went to school and people were talking about it. I was like, nah, Hulk's not a bad guy. And then I, I just didn't believe it. Like, I just, I didn't believe it. I didn't want to hear it because growing up, like I knew Hulk and uh, loved him. I am a real American. Yeah. Like I knew who he was before I knew what wrestling was. I just thought he was like a superhero because <laughs> he was on everything and uh, didn't believe it. And then I remember he even had a part, like I think it was a Muppets movie. I think it was Muppets in Space <laughs> where he, he was a bad guy and he broke the fourth wall and he looks at the camera and he goes, that's right, I'm a bad guy now. And I remember like a tear on my 13-year-old face just being shed. Yeah, Hollywood Hogan. Blew my mind. Ab- best heel turn, no question. Yeah, that definitely got people watching. People talked about it who didn't even care about wrestling. <laughs> Such a stab in the back because it, it would be like John Cena going over to AEW as like I don't know. Oh. I think it was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Randy Savage versus Sting, Luger. Uh, shit. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Hulk Hogan heel turn. And that was an Eric Bischoff move. Remember Eric Bischoff? Yeah. What was the card for that? Randy Savage. Sting, Lex Luger, and Randy Savage. Yeah. And it was Hall and Nash. And then Hogan showed up. A two-on-three? I I think it was supposed to be three-on-three, and then I think Hogan showed up. Uh, Boy, we're going to get a lot of crap in the comments for this. (laughs) (laughs) It was also Dean Malenko versus Disco Inferno. Oh yeah, Disco Inferno. We, you know what? Another one, Fandango becoming a, a face despite the WWE's best attempts to not have that ha- happen. Yeah. And then he, uh, he formed a tag team with uh, what's his name? Prince Pretty. Forgot his name. Yeah, so it was it was between the outsiders and their mystery partner. The outsiders were Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, mm-hmm. and it was Randy Savage singing Lex Luger. Uh, so apparently, Lex Luger got really beaten up, mm-hmm. and then he got taken out, and then Hulk Hogan just showed up and just like they all beat the bejeebus out of people, and it was yeah. a big deal too because I think it wasn't. Where he he and Randy Savage were rivals in the WWE, but I think they became friends later, right? Yeah, so I, I did consider that as well because they were the superpowers at one point. Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were a tag team called the Superpowers. Uh, and then I forget who it was. It was probably Savage that turned on one heel, but um, yeah, they they had they had a long history. Oh, Chris Benoit had a match that night too. But anyway, dude, that blew my mind. That's a good number one. I when I picked it, I was like, I think Tom's gonna pick this too. Mm-hmm. 
Hands well, down. that was. A I fun. also con- I also considered um, everything leading up to the Brothers of Destruction. Oh, Undertaker and uh, Kane. <laughs> when uh, Kane made a face turn to join up with the Undertaker, and yeah, then, that was cool. And then uh, when they when they disbanded, a heel turn to break up. <laughs> that was that was a really cool. I remember. Um, I had a video game where they were both like together and it was like, yeah, who else are you going to be? Why would you be anyone else? (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, Tom, as always, this has been fun. Audience members, don't forget, we are going to be uh, making a a change soon. We'll have more details about that in the future, but in the interim, don't forget to mash that like and subscribe button. Maybe share us with your friends or don't, you know. Or don't. We'd prefer that you did, but you don't have to. You know, just just trying to make something here. It's no big deal. <laughs> uh, but we love you. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, you know, good fight, good night. Scruff McGruff, how's it going on? Six oh six five two. You're going to space camp. Uh. I would follow my brother. Yeah, I don't really like that song either.